Hi, I'm Jessie Delo, your host of Madly Forever, a podcast in collaboration with The Fullest. Each episode, I'll help people move past their vision boards to create a life and relationship that they truly love. I, sometimes along with the help of my husband, Brian, will interview a variety of experts, psychologists, couples, and business partners to discover the science and secrets to successful compatibility. By pairing my expertise for manifestation with my background in therapeutic healing, I have manifested the life of my dreams. With this podcast, I aim to help others find their optimal alignment as well. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to Madly Forever. We're here today for an extra special episode because firstly, my husband, Brian, is co-hosting. Hi, Brian. Hi, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, my parents, Lauren and John Groveman, are our guests today who are the ultimate Madly Forever couple and our inspiration. So they happen to be visiting from Connecticut. So we're taking the opportunity to, to get to know them and ask them some questions. <laughs> we're ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves quickly? I'm Lauren and I'm a cook and a cookbook author and a life coach and most importantly, I'm a mom and a nana and madly forever with my husband, John, who we've been married for. Uh, it'll be 42 years in April. And we've been living together for 44 years in August. I always say that because it feels untruthful to just say I've been married 42 years when I've been living with you two years longer than that. <laughs> so that feels like more truthful. And. Thanks, Mom and Dad. And I'm Lauren's husband, <laughs> And uh, you can see why I love her so much. She's, she's the best. Oh, the cutest. Okay, so cute. I've heard this story a million times, but I just think it's so good that we have to get it from them about how they met, how they connected, which was a long time ago. And... I really want you all to hear it. So I'll have my mom start it off. Well, because it started, I saw John way before he even knew I existed. I was little. I was, this sounds, when I say it, it sounds unbelievable because my own husband doesn't even believe it, but (laughs) I haven't changed my story in all these years. So trust me, I have no reason to lie. I was 10 years old. And I was in fourth grade and I was standing at the door of my classroom, just looking down the hall. There was a straight hall. And I saw this boy who had a varsity jacket on and he had white hair. And for so, and he was, he walking opposite, like away from me down the hall. And he turned to the right when he got to a classroom And he was there to see somebody who happened to be a girl. I didn't know anything about who he was, what his name was, his whatever. But he came. It was a girl I was dating. Yes, it was a girl. He was, I was in fourth grade. I was 10. So I don't, I didn't date. Right. He was there and he happened to have been, but I didn't know this. He was in seventh grade. and Actually, she was my girlfriend. Well, but, but, but but I didn't know anything about it. I mean, you held hands together in seventh grade. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that later. <laughs> he was in seventh. He was. You were in seventh grade, right? And you came to see no, this girl. I, I, I couldn't have been in seventh grade because I had my varsity jacket so on. Grade? So probably eighth or ninth. So well, you're on, anyway. You're, okay, so you came. I saw this boy. He was. He walked and he stopped at a classroom and he turned, and I saw his profile and I looked at him and I literally could not move my feet. Literally, I was. I, I was in one position, I looked at him and I thought, oh my, that's the most beautiful person I'd ever seen, literally. And I saw, uh, it was, it's never happened to me since. I, there was a gold thing, uh, like a, not a halo, because that goes around an the aura. head, an aura that went from one shoulder above his head to the other shoulder. And it's, I still remember the way the sun hit the hall. I remember everything about the day. It's as if it happened yesterday. And I looked at that boy and I said, I'm going to be with him someday. I didn't know. It meant I didn't know when I didn't know how 
and I didn't know it meant being married with three children, but I knew I was going to be with him someday. So every year from the time I was 10 till the time I was 15, once a year, maybe twice a year, I would say to myself, I want, because I asked somebody what his name was. And they said, that's John Groveman. And every year I said to myself, I wonder when I'm going to meet John Groveman. It was never if, it was always when. Uh-huh. Then one day, I was 15, my, my two brothers. No, no, brothers, no, I, I, I need to take it over No, no, wait here. a minute. I, this I is my, my meeting here. you. Okay, so. Yeah, no, okay, I need to let's, take it okay, over. Let's get Sorry, go ahead, yes. Yeah, well, first of all, now you know why I don't believe that whole part of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Seems crazy to me. <laughs> but uh, I was a, my version of, how we met the first time we met is that I was a freshman in college. I went to the university of Arizona. Cause you have zero recollection of that, obviously. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I came home, uh, the first Christmas break, um, to see my ex-girlfriend who broke up with me for an older guy, but we remained friendly. Kathy. Yeah. And I went to her house and saw her mother because I thought Kathy was going to be there. And I said, where's Kathy? And she said, well, she's at her boyfriend's house. I said, who's who's that? He said, his name is Richard. And I said, well, where does Richard live? Oh, he lives around five blocks from here. Um, So I went over to Richard's house. I've never heard this before. To visit my ex-girlfriend just to say hi. So I knock on the door and there's, you, there's Kathy the and uh, we were friends. Uh-huh. We were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knocked on the door, went into the house and there's Kathy and I don't know where Richard was. I walk in and then I look to the left. There's like this, this stair steps around four steps. And there's this girl sitting on this on the top of the steps looking. And she was, you know, I just couldn't take my eyes off her. Oh my she goodness. was. She was, you know, a Lolita. <laughs> she was, I was very, very smitten. Uh-huh. Okay. And they introduced me, Kathy introduced me. And I don't even know if we talked that much or said anything, but it was very awkward. And I was, I was shy and nervous and, and that was it. So then the following summer, my end of my <laughs> freshman year, we go to the beach where everyone hangs out, the guys. And I'm talking with a bunch of guys. And out of the blue, this girl, gorgeous girl in a bikini, walks right into the middle of the guys, turns to me and goes, hi, remember me? (laughs) (laughs) That was was Lauren. (laughs) And wait one second. Hold off. Then we we dated hot and heavy that summer. Okay. Uh Like crazy. Uh I go back for my sophomore year in college. I, and then I'm saying it's way too serious. So I have to, you know, write her a letter. There were no cell phones back then. Okay. This is, I don't wow. even know. This is 19, when we were married, 1977. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like 74 or five right. or whatever. So anyway, I write her a letter, tell her that it's inappropriate. You know, she also gave me a dog. Before I went to college, you know, as a symbol of our relationship. <laughs> Just what a college boy needs is she's, a puppy. She's like 15, 15 or 16 years 15, old. I'm I can't 15. even, I don't even know if I should tell you about our first date. Cause Wait. that's, I don't even want to, maybe it's too much information, but anyway, <laughs> let me just finish this. I'm almost finished, but I warned you it was a long story. No, I, I have to interject. So, uh, that's it. And she says, as soon as I got on the plane to University of Arizona, that she didn't care about me anyway. You know, she was ready to go on and date other people. You know, I felt really, really bad about it and so forth. So Christmas break, okay, after we break up, I have seller's remorse, okay? I'm like, oh, what the heck did I do? It was stupid. I call her up. I call her up. I call her up doesn't want to speak to me. She will not get on the phone with me. Not one. And and then the I had to wait till next summer. Wow. She still won't speak to me. 
She won't speak to me. And then we go to the next Christmas, all right? This is after all this time of trying to get her to speak. It's not speak. fair. You're not letting me interject one little no, thing. No, because I'm almost, you can interject then anything you, you want. I'm almost right. finished. Just one little thing. So. So it's a year and a half after that. A year that. and a yes. half. And, and she will not speak to me. Doesn't want anything to do with me. It's New Year's Eve. I kid you not. I'm not making it up. I live in the city. Lauren lives in New York City. We live around two blocks from each other. Both your parents have Both moved parents had apartments from in New York Island City. To New York. So I do have a date on New Year's Eve. I have to drive to Long Island. It's snowing, okay? And I get I I go my way over the Queensboro Bridge and I weave a little bit. I get a flat tire. Pull into a gas station. It was right near the service road and Again, there's no cell phones, pay phones. And, you know, I don't want to go to Long Island to have this date with this girl. I want to, one last time, I'm going to try Lauren on New Year's Eve. Oh, my goodness. I put the, <laughs> this is I incredible. Just, I put the coins in. I call her. I said, Lauren, will you see me tonight? And she said Yes. Oh wow. And we've been together and ever we've been since. Together New ever Year's since. Wow. I had just turned 17. Wow. wow. That was the, that. that's my the story. The only thing wow. I want to interject is that the girl that John came to see in the, when I was oh, 10 yeah. is the girl that ended up marrying my brother is the girl that introduced me to John. I set it up that meeting. I said, when I, my brother came home from college and said, my girlfriend is this girl, Kathy, I knew that that was the girl John came to see when I was in school in fourth grade. So I basically pushed her against the wall and you said, I said, you have to introduce me to John Grotman. <laughs> so, so she, she set that, it up. Uh, when I got him and went to her I house. I set it up that he, that's why I was <clears> on the steps there, waiting Lolita, for him. Innocent Lolita. Because no matter Correct. how good of friends you are with her, it's a little weird to go over to her new boyfriend's house unless she's... Somehow right. inviting it was you totally over there. set up. So that's what I'm right. saying. We, you, I right. you, got it. You maneuvered. You finally got your way. I did. Then she came out during my senior year and lived with me in Arizona. I taught her how to drive. Yes. Wow. I got my wow. license with John. John taught me to drive. Actually, the the car that we I taught you on was a car I won on a game show. Yep. So Jackpot. Cool. <laughs> I know, and it's so awesome because you know, I think. Coming from, you know, families where maybe the relationships weren't the ideal example, you guys were able to create that with each other, right? Yeah, that was, and that's really important for people who are listening to understand that you don't have to come from something that you want in order to have it. You just have to do what it is you want. You have to go for what you want. And sometimes not having it is even a better motivator, you, you, it's like a contraindicator. I grew up with two parents. It was a very volatile relationship. It was absolutely nothing that I wanted. So it actually provided a really good map for me. I knew I didn't want that, which is valuable. John, you I, I, I didn't think that way. My parents first were mis miserable their whole marriage, basically. They were very unhappy. They got divorced after 23 years, but I never, ever thought about the future. I was always in the moment and I don't know how it happened. I mean, I mean, honestly, we just, it just happened. And I wasn't trying to not be my dad or. I don't but agree I think with I that. remember you saying that you did have a role model that you admired. Well, my grandfather, you know, I admired him as a man and I'm not, you know, I'm sure what kind of husband he was, but both my grandparents were married for, you know, 60 years, mm -hmm. both sets, some, mm -hmm. something close to it. But, um, no, I think I, I honestly, you know, I think that the key, first of all, there's so much luck involved. There's no, there's no secret formula in a way, but I think the key to our quote unquote marriage is that, uh, it's your mother's love. Mm. That's the key. What about your love? I mean, I, I love, but I love, of course I love and I, I try to show it, but she is such a, she loves to love and she's such a nurturer and so supportive that it makes a big difference. I, yeah. I think that the, you know, 
I think one of the most important things in any relationship, not just a forever love relationship, you know, a husband and wife, but is uh, being able to speak the other person's language of love. Because, mm-hmm. and I always, I actually, with my children, this was very important f- for me to convey to them that when I say I love you, it's all about me. It's how I feel. And that's great. Uh, but when you love someone, what's important is that they feel love. Otherwise, the transaction is not complete. So you need to know what speaks love to the other person. So like when my kids were little, I, you know, we would like like cuddle together every night, one by one by one, I would go into each other's rooms. And once in a while, probably once a year, I would say, I love you so much. I mean, I said that all the time, but I would say, how are you, how am I doing? I wanted to know if I was speaking your language, because that's really important to me. And that's really important for me with, with my husband too, that, that, he, uh, that I, I think we get each other. And when we, don't get each other. We're open to how to fix that. Well, I will say this, you know, not to be preachy and stuff, but I do think that at least I know for me to Lauren, don't forget, we got married very, very young. I was, it was four days before my 23rd birthday and Lauren was 19, I think. And, but the changes that happen to people as they mature and get older and that, you know, to have, I, 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 ne- I encourage Lauren to be whoever she wanted to be, totally. whatever it is. And we, you know what, we were able to change and grow together and keep it going. And it's a, it's a very tough thing to do. And what you, what I hope for, for Lauren is, is that whatever she wants, if she's happy, and happy as a person, she's going to be happy in our relationship. And, you know, that's what I think we try to do for each other. We do. We really, we do because a lot of changes. So it's not like everything that we were, we strive to be because we're different now. So it's like, I don't sit and pine for what I was or what I wanted. I want to be what we are right now. So we have to, we check in with each other. What, how how are you doing? Uh, Like John is very open and uh, supportive to me growing and trying and uh, you can look at all the jobs, all the things you tried to do. Yeah. I mean, John is just, he's just a wonderful, (laughs) supportive, generous, kind, funny. He's the only one who makes me laugh where I have to run to the bathroom because <laughs> truly to this day. Well, that's a secret. To... Yeah, but you know what? Oh. I got I to interject here. I don't want everyone thinking we're this perfect couple no. and everything is, you know, daisies and perfume and everything's perfect. We, I was driving down 86th Street in New York City and we were uh-huh. we were in the car and How your mom, Lauren. How many you know, years she, ago? How many years ago? Well, we were married. Yeah, it was and sitting there and she had an ice cream cone and she stuck the ice cream end in my ear because <laughs> well, she was so pissed off at me. She had to give it a little history. I had just had a weekend like an S, like whatever. It was like one of those things where it was like emote. <laughs> yeah, well, she emoted all right. She gave, she slammed ice cream in my ear. Well, well, and, right uh, well you know, but you I mean, the point, my the point, it's not about perfection. The, the first point of, is, is that is subjective. We, the point, no, it's very important to say this. It's, it's important to at get to, to fight and get through it, to have, you know, totally. to have the, yeah. the, the, you, you gotta be yes whoever, yes. but it's in spite of everything, you, you love each other and you learn from it, whatever. And, you know, so it's and not also all being kumbaya. committed to forever. Yes. So knowing that if you, if the, the guideline is forever, you're going to make it work no matter what. So even if you're pissed about something, That's you're going to work goal. it out. Yeah. And actually every time you not go, easy. we, every time you, you in our life, every time we've gone over a hurdle, we've just become deeper. Like our, I, if I tell you that he's my best friend, I can't even, the words seem inadequate that there's no one in the world I'd rather be with than you. I'm going to cry <laughs> because I really mean that there's no one that makes me smile. That makes me laugh. That makes me, 
you get me uh. and you love me and it's I feel just... the same way. But at the same time, if she's got a problem with me, she's not holding back. No, of course. <laughs> we well, have that's... to communicate. Yeah. yeah, you have. That's the only way you can actually love is yes. if you feel safe enough to communicate. Yes, because but... if you can't, yes. then you're not real. You're not being yourself. Exactly. And then, and it's, yeah. I have a question because. You say, you know, it's just about love. That's the secret or there is no secret. I've caught a lot of secrets here about being supportive, about being open, about being communicative. But how when you're 17 and how old are you? 20? Uh, 23? I mean, when we first met? No, no. When we were married? Or just... Uh, when it, to me, I was it's like 17, Je- so Jesse I and I met him. later, much later on. Like I was in yeah, the thirties. She's where she was in her late twenties. I feel like we lived a bit to learn what we learned, so that we could bring our at least our a better version of ourselves into our first relationship, and that's why like it was so conscious relationship. Yeah, but how did you guys? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell basically you one first thing. real relationship. We know all these great secrets. We grew up in an area. Okay, that. Uh, back in the day and today it would be, you know, very, it was very precocious. Kids were very precocious, very, um, kids at young ages dated a lot, fooled around a lot. Um, it was, it was different back then. It's much more strict and frowned upon now, rightfully so, but. But we didn't have hooking up back then. It was like. Are you kidding me? I didn't, but I was, oh, I was we, very young. Come on. So, uh, oh, just to be clear, there's, there's always, I think there was some hooking yeah, up universal. back then, but there's, there's also hooking up right now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not come on now. But not, no, but it was much more, I think, much more promiscuous today. I do. I think it's more accepted to be uh, promiscuous today. All I can say is, uh, uh, to answer Brian's question, even though we weren't experienced and mature in years we were young and we had past relationships and and we again one of the lord she lauren was going to like these group therapy things because her mother was into est and you know even you say what est is well it it, she wasn't into est she was into um primal scream therapy so so i i grew up uh, pretty, uh, she would, she brought me to group therapy because she wanted to try to unravel some of the crap, some of the stuff that because she's, you know, whatever she, uh, she made mistakes and she was, became aware of them and wanted to help her child to be happy with herself. So So I meet this 15, 16, 17 year old girl and she's like, you know, Saying to me, you got to get in touch with your emotions. Yes, I was. You very, have to, yes. you know, you got to let it out. You got to. I'm going. What is she talking? About? <laughs> yes. I, right. So, in other words, I had I had a s- emotional savvy that was probably beyond my years. Yeah. When I met him, so I would fight for us to be more emotive, to be more communicative, to be that. You know, John was a little bit more. You know, like smiley face, happy with everything. He was cool if he didn't mm-hmm. emote. He was didn't need deep conversations. And, you know, I was really more uh, of that way. And you became more as you got older. Yeah, I probably wasn't as smiley face as I always was after I met you. No, because but... I, I wouldn't let you smoke pot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing, another rule you had, right? Huh? When you met him. Was yes, it that he yes. came to the door he, our first at that date. night that first he called date. her and she answered after? No, no, that, no, no, no. This was no. when I was 15. Oh. That was this. That was our oh, first oh, date oh. that no, we had after the bikini. When we met at the beach? Right. Oh. We, we decided to go out to dinner that night. And he so he came to my door to pick me up. And he came into the house. And I was not somebody. I was... Even though I was kind of a wild child, I was very, I didn't get high. I didn't like the way it felt. You were a straight ass. It, uh, huh? You were a straight ass. Uh, yes. In that <laughs> in that respect. And John came and into the, the door. And he was, just John was a hippie. And um, he came into, he had long hair down. When I first met him, he was very clean cut. He had 
short white hair. When you met me. You didn't I mean when you I saw mean, me. I mean, I saw you. At- and then when I met him that summer, when he came in to see his old girlfriend, he had long hair down to his shoulders. It kind of was jarring to me because he like looked so different than he did when he... I was 10. Yeah, yeah the aura went away. No, it didn't. <laughs> I just smoke aura. But no, but to me, it was all, this is what I thought it was. I knew I was going to be with him someday, and here it is. So I didn't know it was going to go beyond this when he, quote unquote, broke up with me. Right. I thought, hey, okay, we're good. This is what it was. Because I, I didn't know it was going to be this whole thing that our whole family, my family, this... this... So I'm, where I'm at the door... Okay, yeah, sorry. Our first date, he's at the door. He comes into my house and he looks at me and he he has this cute face. But it wasn't, he. I looked at him and I said, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. You can tell me the truth or you could lie to me, in which case I'm going to know the truth anyway. And so he looked at me, he says, what's the question? I said, are you high? And he turned the color of a plum. And he shook his head up and down like a little boy. Like, yeah, like that. He didn't even say yes. He just went like, he shook uh-huh. his head. And I said, well, I have to tell you something. If This is me. I was this 15. This is a little punk, a you know, I was a high punk. school girl. I'm, t- I'm in college and she's, she's reading me the riot act. I said, if you want to be with me, I can't be with you when you're over here and I'm over there. We need to be in the same place when we have a conversation. So I don't want you to get high when you're with me. So you were as mature at 15 as I hope to be when I'm 40 something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so he didn't get high anymore when he was with me. He didn't. And then. Well, then you moved in with me my senior year in college and I, you know, it was an adjustment. When you guys got married, since you both came from kind of unhappy homes in a sense your parents got divorced dad and your parents i think they were separated and then they got back together but they were volatile did you have any doubts that you guys wouldn't stay together forever did you were you confident that it was the completely like the right person or did you not even think that far ahead i uh, i'll I'll answer first i put one foot in front of another so you didn't think too far ahead and i never have Uh uh-huh and maybe that's That's been the case all the way through yeah yeah Maybe that's been a key for you is just being in the moment. I'm in the moment. And not worrying what could go wrong or what could, nope. you know. And that's sort of, yeah, I feel like maybe that even might be like a very zen approach to to re- relationships, right? But on the other side yeah. of it, when you trust, like I trust him so implicitly that we will be together forever, that I don't ever need to go there. I don't need to go there. And that's I now agree. or that's ever. every day for the last 40-something years? I, don't, I agree with that. I never yeah. ev- ever wonder, will will Brian and I always be together? It's like, that's just like a complete, that's not a, even a question in my mind. That's not something that I ever think about. Um, and I never have thought about that. It's a knowing, like, of course we'll be together for hopefully yeah. zillions of lifetimes. And That's the way I feel now as well. And that's the way I hope I feel and I think I'll feel. But you hear about these different stages of marriage and you know, there there's are. the honeymoon stage. And then, you know, there's a stage where you have little kids and then there, will you tell us a little bit about those stages and how they oh, affected yeah. you guys? Just well, the different yeah. stages. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying that it's, it evolves. It's different. You go through the stage of, you know, your first dating and you're, you're like little rabbits, you know, passionate boyfriend, girlfriend. Right. And then you, get married and you then want to have a baby and then suddenly you're yeah, inevitably marriages will get you know stages you, i don't think you can buttonhole stages like that 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 i think sometimes life events right also can create stages totally. for instance correct. we had yes correct. we had fertility issues and uh it was a it was a big test for our marriage and and I I say if if a couple who's got serious fertility issues can survive that, then they can almost survive anything, because it touches on all aspects of what a marriage is about and and about a relationship and couples. And if you can get through that, 
So it's yeah. almost like a gift to have fertility issues. Well, it was it a gift be... because we have the most beautiful sun in the world. Well, yes, that's the biggest that was gift. An but yes, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It but was, it's a gift because it, it was a test. It, yeah. it was a yeah. it was a real test. Yes, and, and you, those yeah. are those are how you define stages. Yes, and then once your parents, right? Parenting is a test of a marriage. There's no doubt about it. There's mm-hmm. so many changes that take place. The the way the way your day goes, the way your sleep goes, all this stuff and. Yeah, so... And also who you are and what you need as a person. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's different. Some people like, you know, it was important to me to have a family dinner every night to be, to to create what I didn't have. In order to do that, I had to do things to do that. And if I didn't have a partner who cared about that too and was able to do that, that would have been a real big challenge. But I was very lucky that I had a husband who was at the table every night at six mm-hmm. o'clock, six thirty, whatever. And we had family dinners and our, it was, so that was a dream come true. So it's like with everything that's a challenge, you have other things that you're working toward and accomplishing. So it's, it's like the seesaw. Mm-hmm. It's like this balance that you create, you have challenges and you have dreams coming true. And then the challenges become something that you've, you've overcome. And so that's a dream come true. And you just, go to make your dreams come true. Some are slower than others. Some happen quickly. You know, everybody doesn't have the same challenges. It depends. It depends on your story. I, I, never, I, I, I say, I don't think that way. I don't think about dreams. I don't think about, you know, you know what's going to happen 10 years from now or, or uh, I want this and this is what I want at this age or that way. Even in my work, I never thought about achieving certain goals. It's just, I, I mean, I happened to like what I was doing and what I sometimes do now, is, you know, is just, I, I love my job. I didn't, I didn't care about, uh, I wasn't result oriented and I'm the, I'm the same, same way in my marriage. I mean, I'm, I just, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, but I never, I never put bars out there to try to, or hoops out there to jump through. Mm-hmm. And I think Lauren, you're you're a little different that way. And maybe it the, yeah. it helps because you need someone sort of setting those, or else nothing really happens, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you have to move forward. That's why it's a team, you know, because yeah. it's like one person has to create the, or or sometimes both people together. But there needs to be a vision to move towards. And luckily, you guys have a really yeah, complementary she- energy where you're easygoing and you're go with the flow, and you are very goal oriented. And you have yeah. that's, not even. That's 100% no, no, I'm, a, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a I visionary. Take, uh, so. I have a vision, and I feel uh, able and responsible for making my dreams come true. I so, in other words, I embrace that power. I don't just wait for things to happen. Mm-hmm. So, but I think for us, what's so special is that we both, like you, complementary. We both we're different enough that I mean. We're different enough that it's just balanced. Yeah. And it's feels special. Yeah. yeah. It's just, we can be in the same room. I just like to look at him. I like to hear him. <laughs> I really do. And he's so like, he's so bright and, it, and he's so, I just love to be with him. I love to be with him. And I'm so grateful that after all these years. Well, I'm, it sounds you know, like it's very easy to be together. It, did, I, did I tell you, this is what I said, like the first thing I said. What? Is that. She loves me so much. <laughs> I said it right in the very beginning. And that's the key. I think that's I mean, the key a, to it. It's amazing. I, I mean, I love her, fr- but I'm not. You can't express I'm, in the same. Yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> I think what's, I think Brian and I have that same love and we both express it equally, I would say. That's great. Thank you. I think uh, you got it from your mama. You, you've, uh, <laughs> You have more than me. I could do a better I, job I of that. Best. Trust me. Well, yeah, and that's I know something I could. you know, and that's something to you know. It's like trust me. If I didn't know this man, clearly she's satisfied. No, he's extremely protective of me. I know what he his way of showing love. I understand. You know, exactly. and I don't need him to be about. like me. It's like it's like you said in the beginning, understanding the way someone gives and receives love. Right. So that everyone feels loved and right. seen and heard and appreciated. Exactly. It doesn't have to be over the top lovey-dovey, but just as long as you know it. 
I know it. it's yeah, expressed. Yeah, exactly. And you're also open for when I feel I need to to see it. I need to hear it. I, I you know, as things change and shift and you, you need to talk and you need to share what's up, what's down. And John is very open to that. That's what it is. It's we're two people. We're not the same person. He's not supposed to be me. He's not supposed to be like me. Right. We're supposed to just love what we see in each other. Exactly. That's it. I feel like um, you guys are both so clearly madly in love with each other. You also both you spend a lot of time together. And yes. some people give advice <laughs> saying that you should spend time, you know, a lot of time apart to have the spark come back and all those things. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, many, many guys I know, especially, and even the women, you know, I, I work at home. I worked at my job in New York City. I lived out of New York City and worked at my job in New York City, took a train for um, 30 years. It's a short train, 35 minutes, and then I'd be home for dinner, but I would be taking like a 5.30 train in the morning, but we'd have dinner as a family together. And then as I got, you know... Towards the end of my working in New York City, I would take Fridays. So I was like one of the original telecommuters, you know, with my computers at home. And then eventually uh, I left my company and, uh, and, and uh, did what I do on my own at home. And been doing it now for whew, 15 years, maybe something like that. And. And uh, so I work at home. We shared an office then. Oh, yeah. Was in our funny. old house, we shared an office. That was funny. To show you how much she loves me, <laughs> back then, when we shared an office, I smoked cigars. That's true. And she wow. she let me do she it. Only if enough. I could listen to Enya. Like that was, that that was, was our trade. deal. I had to yeah. listen to Enya, <laughs> and he could smoke his cigar. Yeah. And then I moved, then I moved downstairs and put a fan in. But anyway, I don't I don't I haven't smoked cigars in you know over ten years. Luckily. And yes. uh, anyway, but yeah, people say to me all the time, "How in the world do you guys do it? Being around each other all day long." It's got to, I mean, don't you need to get out of there? I mean, isn't it driving you crazy that you guys are to see each other every minute? And we, and not only that, we, they're always, on our, we're always seeing us walk our dog together and they're, they're going, what the heck is with these girlfriends? It's like, this is, this is absurd. And the thing, the irony, is, the funny thing is, is that I wake up early in the morning, have my breakfast. I go to my office. And yeah, I see Lauren, you know, like we're like ships, you know, passing through the night. You know, we see each other once in a while during the day and I'm in my office doing my thing and she's in the kitchen cooking and creating recipes and baking and doing her artist thing with food. And then, you know, we see each other maybe at lunch, but definitely same thing at dinner. We eat together and feels perfectly normal to us. You know, we're not sick of each other. No, and, uh, I just love it where we just know. get to, you know, we take a, we get to take a walk sometimes midday. Like he's my best friend. Why wouldn't I want to see him? It's like a great thing. It's but like, you know what? The work, <laughs> I, uh, but I will say this in all fairness. Okay. And I think this is the big difference. When you have kids, I remember when we had little kids, man, I look forward to that train ride going to the city to get out of the, get out of the house. <laughs> Oh man, that, that, was, that was a relief. About, yeah, yeah. Jesse, not about Lauren just getting away from the. No, madness. yes, I remember when he would oh, come home at the Lauren. end of yeah. the day, yeah. and I had like three little babies, and I was like, I had one in my arms, and I just went. He walked in the door, and I just went, "Hi, honey." I just handed him. But it was a vacation for me to go to work. Yeah. A total relief, and yeah, a total escape from, and uh, you know, so I can I can see that. And uh, some people uh, need to have that work environment uh, only to get stimulated and be successful. But I, um, what I do, I, 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 and I did it well and still do sometimes, is um, I can do it alone. I, and so. Right. Yeah. You can create space even when you're together. Yeah. Yeah, right. we do. I'm busy all day. It's not as if I'm hounding him. 
Hi, honey, you're home. So can you do this? Can you do? I'm busy doing my. Right. I'm in my world. He's in his world. So look, we're married. Look, we're married for you know, going to be forty-two years, and I happen to trade stocks. She doesn't, still doesn't know what time the market opens or closes. <laughs> no, I always come to him. She used one to call me at like three fifty-nine. You know, honey, uh, on your way home, would you pick up? The- I said, Laura, the market's closing in one minute. Please. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, right. So, is there anything? Obviously, you guys are doing incredibly well, and we strive for what you have. Is there any lessons that you've learned? that you didn't do well, that you would shift or change or like tell other people to, to save them maybe from whatever it is that. Well, I would say if just for me that, that one of my shortcomings is I, I, well, what I could do better is show my affection more physically hugging and kissing more often. So so that's great. You know, that's aware. a lesson. Even just to know that is so yeah. amazing, though. That's great. I'm th- I'm thinking of, It could just you be know. something that, like, you guys learned and navigated together and overcome, or... I mean, there's been so many, like... Don't ev- go to sleep. Don't go to sleep angry. angry. Like, mm-hmm. like, no matter what. It's not a good thing. Yeah, in, in that regard, like, I, it's not something that I feel like we haven't done. I just feel like it's really important important to just check in with each other just know that if you have a just a really crazy fight okay that's totally out of control and it's like out of body experience it will pass (laughs) okay yeah it will pass and you just gotta yeah you know eventually you'll 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 come to terms and you'll talk it out but it's okay to be crazy every now and then yeah that it it doesn't it doesn't mean it's fatal you know, a, a, an argument, a, uh, a really, a real big fight does not have to be fatal. No, that's where no the way. trust comes in. And that's, you know, you have a crazy moment because of whatever is going on inside of you. And for women, it could be hormones. Mm-hmm. It could be a million different things. For men, it could be a work experience. It could be stress. It could be bills. It could be, everybody has moments I of disillusionment. I just remember growing up that... Dad is very even keeled, very mellow, and you were much more dramatic, more um, emotional. Yeah. And I remember if you, mom, were more, let's say, fiery or snappy or something like that, I remember dad just seemed to really know you and not get, whereas like maybe I didn't have the patience for it. I was so, I so admired how dad would have the patience for it because he knew you. He didn't feed the fire. He knew how to handle your qualities when they were the good qualities and the bad Mm -hmm. qualities because we all have good and bad qualities. We're all humans. We're not perfect. So when you know how to handle someone's good and bad Mm -hmm. qualities and not egg them on or not make them feel bad, I think that you both do a good job of that. I agree. I agree. And also like in like what you said in terms of, you know, thinking that you could, you know, show more affection or whatever like that. Like for me, when I want what I would do is I want to be what I want to see. So if I somehow want a hug from you, I don't need you to hug me necessarily for me to feel hugged by you. I come to you and I hug you because that's what I want to see. So that's, I think that's a secret. You don't secret. wait around. No, you, you take I the don't. Initiative. I be what it is I want. Yeah. And I think that solves a lot of problems because I think a lot of passive aggressiveness comes from people just being like, trying to like. Victim. Yeah. Blaming. Or just trying to like get their point across without even expressing it, but just, yeah. and then they get right. more and more upset. Yeah, that's exactly. not good for having expectations where it's yeah. like, if you expected him to come hug you and you were exactly. so upset that he didn't. Exactly. What's the point of that when you can yeah. just exactly. go hug him? Exactly. If yeah. you, if you want to, touch someone and you're sitting around waiting to be touched why all you have to do is go and touch them yeah and then you've been touched and you're touching at the same time mm-hmm. you're being what it is you need mm-hmm. you're creating your world totally. so that i think is an important thing for people to realize because that's your power you don't have to wait for somebody else mm-hmm. you just do it just do it that's the truth all right anything else guys I've Thank you this. for taking the time to interview us. <laughs> oh I my hope we god! Weren't, I hope it wasn't 
TMI. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? You guys are honestly so inspiring as a couple. I hope I've expressed that enough, but I think the only reason that I'm able to be in such a healthy, um, fulfilling and balanced relationship is because, and it's not the only reason, because I know you can do it if you haven't had that, but it comes so naturally to me and it comes so um, effortlessly is because I've seen you guys do it. Well, the good news for you is that you didn't have to undo to do it. And I also just feel like you guys set expectations very high, which could be daunting for a lot of people. But in my, I feel like it allowed me to find the most incredible man, the most incredible relationship where if I didn't have that, maybe I would have not known that existed in some way or not even cared or something. And you trusted that it was possible. You we can't take it. credit for Brian. <laughs> I know. No <laughs> but, way. But, but that's all. That's all you, and that's all Brian. Well, what you can take credit for, and mm. should take credit for, is Jesse, because you, I'll you, take your relationship. Jess. I'll take. I don't I'll know what you did. I, we need more co- <laughs> podcasts to really figure this out. But you created the perfect for me, the perfect human. So thank yeah. you guys. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of you too, by the way. Your union is very inspirational and beautiful and very <laughs> healing for me to see that that our union created mm-hmm. this, this ability mm-hmm. because you now are doing this. You're providing something so beautiful for Amelie. It's wonderful. It's just... It's everything as a parent that you want. It's all you want for your children is to be happy. And that's... 40 just... years from now, <laughs> whatever is the equivalent of podcasts, hopefully we'll hopefully be, Amelie will we'll have be us talking on, on Amelie. <laughs> yeah. That's a crazy thought. My, My uncle just celebrated his 70th wedding anniversary. Who did? My uncle. Wow. 70 years. That is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. But yeah. Yeah. And Brian, you know, you didn't have the perfect example to look, look up to and became the most incredible husband in the world. Yeah. I mean, I had a pretty great childhood and great role model as parents all through my childhood. It it ended up their marriage kind of fell apart at the tail end of my time of living at home, the last few months of me living at home. But, um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'd say they're both great role models as they're people. They're amazing and, role models and, as people, um, yeah. But I'm just saying you don't need a perfect set of parents and no, perfect... No, but I'll tell you what you do need. In other words, and, and I, don't, I don't think the common denominator is whether... I don't even think having a, a parents that are happily married or unhappily married necessarily is a determination. I think the key is you could have a couple that actually are married a long time and because of the way they are as individuals, their kids don't feel loved, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. See, there's a difference between being a husband and wife and parenting. Mm-hmm. And you could have parents that are unhappily married and have real problems as a couple and get divorced, but they know how to love and right. they know how to love their kids. Right. I think that's the right. key. Yeah, and your parents really knew how to love you yeah, and teach you how obviously. to love. Obviously, yes. Because if you don't, if your parents don't know how other, to love you, too. you don't. You're not going to really know how to love somebody else. Right. I think it all starts from there. You got to yeah. feel love Absolutely. to love. Yes, but that's that also brings me back to what I said in the beginning that it's like it's not okay to just say I love you and walk away and think that you've done it. The other person has to feel loved in order to know that the transaction is complete. It's a real relationship. Otherwise, it's all about the person saying, I love you. That's about me. That's great. So like I, my parents growing up, they weren't necessarily happy. They actually became in love when we all left. We grew up and got out of the house. But growing up. Wasn't it growing up to like wore the roses? Yeah, it was, they were, it was very volatile, but there were, that uh, I knew that I watched them show love. I, I grew up being very affectionate. Some like somewhere in all of that, I got that being kissed, being saying, I love you. I knew I wanted more of that. And I knew that I wanted what I didn't have. So 
I don't know yeah. where Lauren came from because as a little, I remember when she was a young girl, and, and you know, this does not, this could not have come from her mother, who was a top model, and it certainly didn't come for her father, who was a tough guy. But one of the first times we're together, she, I mean, I say this story all the time. She made me a tuna fish sandwich on toast. And she didn't make one for herself, just made it for me. She put it there. She sat next to me. She put her chin on, on her, you know, on her uh, fist and just stared at me <laughs> to see how much I loved it. And yeah. I swear, she's the same exact person. I still do that. That's what, that's what she is. This is so yeah. where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. I love creating movement, positive movement in someone else. But it's, I mean, exactly it's very intimate same? when it you feed someone. It came from you. It came from inside of you. Yeah, it's a very intimate yeah. thing when you feed someone. You, you watch them take in something that you've created with your own hands into their body. It's very intimate. And go from being wanting to being satisfied. That's yes. feels very powerful. And speaking of which, my mom, Lauren, has a she has many different avenues to help people. So if you go on to her Instagram, which is at L Groveman and also her website, which is just laurengroveman.com, you should check out first of all, all of her amazing recipes. She has cookbooks and also she does coaching for people. She does life coaching. She does, um, media coaching. She does kitchen coaching. So literally all the things. She's a James Beard Award winner. She, Yeah, she's won a James Beard Award. She's incredible. So if you haven't, you know, checked her out yet, if you're not a, a family member or a friend, a close friend listening to this, but everyone else, go check her out. Um, and my dad's the best too. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really social media guy, so... You don't have to go check him out, but... <laughs> I have nothing to sell. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much.